Good morning, friends, and Merry Christmas. I want to say welcome to our online worship time. I want to say welcome to Vernonia Church and, and our, our online worship experience. I'm so glad that you joined us today. Whether you're joining us live and, uh, and, and here during the live experience or you're joining us later and watching this later, I want to encourage you to, to interact with what we got going today. Go ahead and still like uh, leave messages and comments. would love to hear from you. Uh, I'm excited because in just a few moments, we're going to be diving into our, our, our teaching series where we've been talking about Christmas carols. I'm going to be sharing with you a message about O Holy Night, and it's going to be a great day. Before we get into anything else, though, I, I want to encourage you, no matter what platform you're joining us on, some of you are joining us on Facebook, some of you are joining us on YouTube, some of you are on our website that brings you over to YouTube, some of you are joining us on, on iTunes and Spotify and you're listening to a podcast, I want to encourage you, if you're joining us here this morning, be sure to, to follow and like and, and be sure to subscribe and hit that sub notification bell so that you can be alerted when when new messages come out. And if something about what we do today is special to you or is meaningful to you, be sure to share it so that you can help us be a blessing to the people who are special to you in your life. And I want to encourage you to do that and make the most of, of what God has given us the opportunity to do, and it's to share in the world of social media. And we're sharing together. We're experiencing God. And so be sure to make the most of the tools God is putting in your hands, that even though we're not together in person worship, God has made this church, this online church, an experience that you can make the most of. Before we get into anything else, and before we move on, though, I want to invite you to pray with me. Now, when I invite you to pray with me, and and I want to pray for you and pray with you as we begin our experience here today, I do want to make sure that you also know that, that we can be praying for you about specific things if you'd like, no matter whether you're joining us live or you're watching this later. But be sure to leave us uh, comments, uh, messages, uh, uh, be sure to send us prayer requests, things that we can be praying for you about. One of the ways that you can do that is you can go on our website at any time at www.vernonia.church and you can uh, click the prayer tab and and send us prayer requests and and that way you can interact with your online church and we can be praying for you and and I'll be praying for you and and we'll we'll interact that way and so I want to encourage you to make the most of that Uh, or you can send us uh, private messages or you can leave prayer requests in the comments I wouldn't I would encourage you if you're going to do that, make sure they're not too personal because it kind of gets out there uh, with the comments. Everybody can see, uh, but they won't see private messages. And if you send us something through our church website, it, it will also be an opportunity for you even to click confidential. That said, be sure to let us know how we can be praying for you. I want to invite you to pray with me now, though, as we ask God to help us have just an incredible experience with him as we dive in and and talk about all holy night. Let's pray together. Lord God, I just want to pray for all those who are joining us here online today. God, I thank you. I thank you for each one. 
because you've put it on their heart to come here today to hear and connect with something that you have to say to them. I pray, Heavenly Father, that you will help each one who's joined us here to hear specifically from you, to to be blessed by something in a special way so that they're drawn closer to you. God, I pray that because of today, we will all find 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 you as our savior and all yield our hearts and our and our lives to you as our savior who comes into the world to to give a lost and lonely world salvation and i pray that that we would find you today to be our friend that we would experience your friendship today that we would be drawn to you closer in friendship today and i pray god that we would find you today to be our guide. That you would, you would inspire us by the life that you lived, by, by the teachings that you taught. That you would inspire us to love more, to have more peace and, and kindness in our life. To, to be drawn to you and, and God to, to follow you closer as our guide. I pray, God, for each one who's here, that you would help us all draw closer in these ways. And we thank you for Jesus Christ and his love, forgiveness, and his death on the cross. And it's in Jesus' name we pray together. Every one of us says together, amen. Well, let's go ahead and dive into our teaching for this morning. Let's jump in, and we're going to be talking about, continuing this Christmas carol series, we're going to be talking about O Holy Night. Now, every year during Christmas season, I like to get together with uh, some friends from church. We'll get together, we'll we'll put on Christmas hats, we'll get our jackets on because it's usually cold. Uh, it's It can be either way here in Oregon. Sometimes it's cold and snowy, sometimes it's warm, <laughs> sometimes it's rainy, uh, but we'll, we'll dress accordingly. And we'll go out the Sunday before Christmas and we'll do some Christmas caroling. I don't know if you've ever done that. It's a lot of fun. Uh, Even if you're not somebody that's a really like big singer, which I'm not. I I do like to sing. I love to sing. I love to sing praises, love to sing hymns. But you've probably heard me say before that that I know that I don't have a a great singing voice. But I, I think there are a lot of people like me because one thing I noticed when we go Christmas caroling, we'll come up to a house and if it's a song that we all know really well, uh, we'll sing it really loud. We'll sing it with lots of enthusiasm. We'll sing it with lots of confidence. And even if we're not singing it good, man, we are singing it out. But every once in a while, we'll come to a song that maybe we're not so confident with. And what will happen is you'll notice the group isn't that confident. I mean, it could be sometimes like 20 to 30 people singing, but we hit a song we don't really know very well, and it turns into mumbles. It turns into everybody kind of singing under their breath, especially if they think they can't hit those notes. You know, it'll be something like, Oh, holy night. (laughs) 
and then and, and, and the whole group will sort of just kind of mumble the song and and even though we'll have like the words in front of us we're just not very familiar with it and we can't hit those notes and and everything but then what will happen is we'll be sort of quiet and, and the and the song will be whispered and the, the people standing at the door are like what is this group singing i don't really hear them very well but then like we're done and usually when we're done at a house we'll we'll do something like we wish you a merry christmas and it's kind of funny because it will go from holy night to we wish you a merry christmas we wish you a merry christmas we wish you a merry christmas and a happy new year like the whole group just gets super loud and uh, and confident and you know oh holy night uh, it's one of those songs that probably most of us would feel uncomfortable singing because man it's a song that kind of you got to be like a soprano and maybe an alto at times Times and and you got to have some skill hitting the right notes. If you don't start low enough, you're going to get so high that that you're just going to feel like you're you're getting screechy. It's a tough song to sing, but it's a special one. And you know what? When you hear it done well, boy, oh holy night can send shivers up and down your spine. I would recommend if if maybe after this message, this teaching, you you maybe go on and, and just like Google search, Oh Holy Night, and maybe listen to some of the pros do it. You know, people like Mariah Carey or, or people like some of these great singers who are out there that just will belt out some of the notes and really just sing it in an inspiring way. But let's get to know this song, Oh Holy Night. Where'd it come from? What's it all about? You know, what, what are the words? Even even though we might not remember them when we try to sing them, well, what's it saying and what's going on? Well, the story of O Holy Night, it goes back to the 1800s. Around 1840, uh, this this French merchant, uh, he was a wine merchant and he was a poet, was asked by, by a church, one of his local churches, to write a poem about Christmas, to write a poem about the, the coming of Christ. They wanted to use this poem in their, in their service. And so this, this French composer, poet, uh, this French poet put together this poem and he was so inspired by this poem that he, he took the poem and had a composer put music to it and he gave it to the church and you know it was uh, two weeks later that this poem was used in a little French church in the in in the in this little French village during Christmas time that this this song was first sung at midnight at a, a Christmas Eve service kind of a neat little story about that uh, that song and and it wasn't too much later that an American uh, discovered this song and and put this song to English and it began to be sung all over the United States for worship time and, and as a Christmas carol it's it's become one of the Christmas carols that we know and love and listen to and and what a beautiful song it's a song when the poem when the when the uh, when the poem was written the poem was written in a way that it started in the book of Luke following the story of the birth of Christ and the and the author was putting himself in a place saying you know what would i have experienced if i were there what would i have experienced if i were in the shoes of the shepherds or the magi what would i have experienced if i put myself at the birth story of Christ. And he sort of takes two 
two, two groups of people, actually three groups of people, and says, here's our experience. The, the first group of people he takes are the shepherds in Luke chapter 2. In Luke 2, we see the story of these shepherds, and they're out shepherding outside of the city. Uh, they're out shepherding at night. It, it tells us in Luke 2 that they were sort of guarding their sheep at night, you know, in a place where there were a lot of wild animals that would come attack the sheep that were out. They would they would get all the sheep together and they would protect those sheep and watch those sheep. And these angels or these these shepherds were out there when an angel appeared. And an angel appeared with an announcement in Luke chapter two, verses eleven to twelve. This angel says this. He says, "The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, in the city of David, and you will recognize him by this sign." You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth laying in a manger. And so these shepherds were told, hey, go find, go find this baby laying in a manger. This is the Savior, the Messiah, the Lord, and he's been born today. Now, there are all kinds of little nuances we could talk about with that conversation. But then what happens is the the, the angel ends up not being just one angel, but a multitude of heavenly hosts, it says, all of a sudden appeared and, and they all began praising God and they all began singing and they all began saying glory to God on the highest and peace uh, uh, on earth peace among those with whom his favor rests and the song O holy night now I'm not going to sing the song more than what I just did when I was kind of jokingly singing it but the the song in verse one it follows the story of these shepherds and it says O holy night the the stars are are brightly shining the night of our dear Savior's birth long lay the world in sin and error pining till he appeared and the soul felt its worth. The thrill of hope, the weary world rejoices, for yonder breaks a new glorious morn. Fall on your knees. Oh, hear the angel voices. Oh, night divine. Oh, night when Christ was born. Oh, night divine. Oh, night. Oh, night divine. And then the next verse of the song will take us to the story of the Magi that we find in Matthew chapter 2. In Matthew chapter 2, these Magi, these these Magi kings from the east abruptly show up and they're in the city of Jerusalem. They're asking where the Messiah that was born is. They had seen a miraculous star in the east. They had followed it all the way there and, and they were asking where this Messiah, this king that was born, that the myster- that the uh, that that the miraculous sign was revealing to them the miraculous star well then the miraculous star showed up again it directed them to the house of 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 Mary and Joseph and even though this poetry this poem this hymn this christmas carol it does in this verse say that these magi showed up at the manger and the uh, and the horse trough or the the feeding trough 
where Jesus lay, we're no longer there by the time they show up. We're actually at Mary and Joseph's house, and, and these magi, they, they show up to the house, and, and they see the star above the house, and they rejoice. And in Matthew 2.10, it says, Then they saw the star, and they were filled with joy. They, they were filled with rejoicing. In Matthew 2.11, it says, They entered the house and saw the child was with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasure chests and they gave him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And in verse 2 of O Holy Night, the poem reads, Led by light of faith, serenely beaming, with glowing hearts by his cradle we stand. So led by light of a star, sweetly gleaming, here come the wise men from Orient land. The king of kings lay thus in lowly manger, in all our trials born to be our friend. He knows our need. To our weakness, no stranger, behold your king, before him lowly bend. Behold your king, your king before him, lowly bend. And then verse 3 of O Holy Night. Verse 3, we, we leave the shepherds and they're at the, the, the crib, the manger stall. We leave the, the magi kings and they're at the crib and Mary and Joseph house and they're worshiping and bowing down. And, and now verse 3 Verse 3 seems to be about us because it's about the teaching that this child would spread. It's about the teaching this child would teach. It's about the life change that he would bring, the world change that he would bring. And in verse 3, it says this, Truly, he taught us to love one another. His law is love and his gospel is peace. Chains shall he break. For the slave is our brother, and his name, all oppression shall cease. Sweet hymns of joy and grateful chorus raise we. Let all within us praise his holy name. Christ is the Lord, then ever, ever praise we. His power and glory evermore proclaim. His power and glory evermore proclaim. And what a beautiful message this old holy night gives. It, it sort of follows the gospel of Christ. It, it follows the coming of Christ. And it takes us to the teachings of Christ. And, and in this message, it reminds us why the coming of Jesus is so amazing. Why the Christmas story is a story that we find so amazing. Why we could say, man, this story is so amazing. Oh, night divine. O night divine. And I want to talk about some of the things that this story tells us about Jesus that makes it an amazing story. I want to talk about why is it so amazing. And, and I just want to share with you some thoughts about why, why the coming of Christ is so amazing. And the first one is this. You know, this song, it tells us that Jesus is the Savior of a sinful world. 
that Jesus is the savior of a broken and sinful world. You know, this song, it's called, Oh Holy Night. And out of all the nights of world history, all the thousands and thousands of nights that this earth has turned and the sun has risen and and gone down and we've gone into darkness night after night after night out of all the nights of the world this night was a holy night it was a special night every other night was a night lacking the hope that would begin this night every other night was a night lacking the goodness that would begin this night. Every other night was a night where the morning would come and there would still be a sense of hopelessness and longing and there would still be a sense of of asking the question, God, where are you? Where are you? Where are you when all the hurts of the world are happening, when all the struggles in the world are, are happening, when all the, uh, uh, the tough things of the world are happening? God, where are you? And this night, this holy night, would be a night where everything changes. Because into this sinful and broken world comes one who would bring hope. Into this sinful and broken world comes one who would bring forgiveness and love of God, peace with God, and joy. You know, the line of our hymn today, O Holy Night, the line says, Long lay the world in sin and error pining, till he appeared and the Spirit felt its worth. You know, there are a lot of people that come and go in our life. Sometimes people come and go and, and we don't really feel their worth. But this, this baby was born into the world and the world felt its worth. Because this baby came into a world that was desperate for help. That was looking for God, longing for God, looking for help. I don't know if you've ever been a place in your life where you just were in need of God. You you knew that your life had gotten to a place where you felt hurt because you tried to live on your own and you tried to live without God. You knew that that you were in a place where where you were suffering or struggling and, and things were harder than they had to be because of what was happening in your life. And, and maybe you went to bed and you didn't have hope that night. And maybe you woke up in the morning and you didn't feel a sense of hope that morning. And, and what this story tells us, the story of God coming in person, this story tells us that that night, that night, everything changed for the world And that night, because everything changed for the world, if you and I could connect with that night, if you and I could connect with the person that was born that night, then you and I would wake up in the morning with a new sense of hope, faith, peace, and connection with God. Oh, holy night, that night. Everything changed. And that morning, that next morning, when the sunrise happened, there was a sense of 
newness. There was a new thing that happened. You, you, could, you could take that moment in history and, and you could fold all of history up by that morning. But what I mean is this. Before that morning, there was hope that one day God would do something, but it was hope in, a, in, in what felt like a hopeless world. But that morning, that morning and after that morning, all through history, there's hope. There's someone to turn to. That morning, that person that was born would change world history all over the world forever oh holy night what a what a night what an amazing night what a wonderful night what a glorious night no wait let's say it this way what a night divine and that morning what a sunrise I don't know if you've ever had a sunrise that stood out to you. I mean, last week someone came and they were showing me pictures of sunrise, uh, pictures they had taken. And sunrise pictures are just so amazing, so beautiful. But you never really can capture it uh, just with a photograph. I mean, it's almost one of those things that when you're standing there, it just it lifts your spirits. It gives you this special feeling. You know, this last week I was driving down to south, uh, to, to southern, the southern, Oregon coast and and while I was driving down there I noticed a change in the in the terrain if you know anything about northwest Oregon where we live and where we are here in Vernonia we're kind of tucked in the the mountains and hills and we're tucked away in this little town surrounded by trees and fir trees cedar trees all kinds of big trees we don't get a lot of opportunity to look out and see a long view but when you drive down south, the uh, things start to open up. There's big fields with sheep in them. There's kind of uh, the landscape kind of turns into something where you can see far away. You can see mountains and hills in the horizon. And man, on Wednesday, it was cold enough that night that everything was frosty and frozen. But then when the sun started rising, everything started steaming up. And the sun rose over the mountains in the distance. And it was gorgeous. It was beautiful. Uh, but before uh, I, I would have said it was gorgeous and beautiful, what happened was the 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 steam and the the mist was and the fog was so thick that when the sun first rose, I thought it was the moon because it, I could look right at it. It was so thick that it just looked like a, a white a white ball. But then once the fog just kind of it, it cleared away enough, that sun it was so bright, so brilliant, and and it was just such a gorgeous, such a gorgeous, beautiful sunrise. And I remember thinking to myself, thank you, God. Thank you for giving me something to see every day to know your newness. Thank you for giving me new mercy every day. Thank you for giving me an opportunity to see a new day. And you know, the thought occurred to me that, that God has woven into our world, into history, into the salvation plan, into, into a lot of things. God has woven this newness experience this experience to this opportunity for us to experience something new that every day he gives us a new opportunity and a new start every day every every time we come to christ he gives us the opportunity to be forgiven newly uh, to confess our sins and he would forgive us he gives us the opportunity when we're baptized to put out an old life and to take a hold of a new life and he just has built in this idea of newness and this 
this O Holy Night, this night, something new happened. God became one of us. Something new happened. God came into our world and brought us a Savior. In Matthew one twenty one, when the angel was talking to Joseph, Jesus' father, the angel said this. He said, Jesus will save his people from their sins. We, we say, oh, night divine, because that night, that night, the Savior comes to a dark, sinful world, and he brings salvation. And that's a special thought, but it's especially special when we bring it home. When you and I say, oh, night divine, that night when Jesus come into our world, he also comes into my life. Because when he comes into my life, he becomes not only the world's savior, but he becomes my savior. And he wants to be your savior. And so we sing, O holy night, O night divine, that night when Jesus came into the world and, got, and he became the savior of the world. And the next one thought is this, that, that, that into this world, when Jesus came, it's an amazing story. It's a O night divine kind of story because it's a story of how Jesus is our friend in a lonely world. He's our friend in a lonely world. I mean, I don't know if you've ever had this experience where there were times in your life where you felt alone in this world. I mean, this world, it can be lonely. Even though there are billions of people in this world, sometimes you and I can sit and feel alone. We can feel like there's no one who understands me. There's no one who's going through what I've gone through. There's no one who's had the experiences I have. And yet what this story is telling us, this story, this gospel story of God coming into our world, it's telling us that we do, no matter how we might feel about other people in this world, we do have one person who's our friend. He completely knows us. He completely understands us. He completely loves us. And his name is Jesus. You know, the author of this, of this hymn, this Christmas carol, O Holy Night. He, he says this in the second verse. He says, in all our trials, born to be our friend. Today, we want to we think about the trials of Jesus, the trials that we had and, and the trials of Jesus. We want to think about the, the, the experiences Jesus had that make him able to sympathize and empathize and understand our experience. One of the interesting things I find about Jesus that makes him different from a lot of uh, religious leaders that makes him different from a lot of people who claim to have spiritual knowledge or insight who claim to be from God is that Jesus uniquely claimed not only was he God but he was God in the flesh we remember John chapter 1 verse 14 where it says that the word of God became flesh and made his dwelling among us that was John's Christmas story and and then John just 
moves on from there. But the word of God became flesh. Jesus put skin, it was God who put skin on, became one of us, dwelt among us. And, you know, last week in our Christmas carol, when we talked about the carol, uh, Emmanuel, we, we talked about some of the titles in the Old Testament that Jesus held. We talked about some of the titles and the prophetic titles, the prophetic expectations of who Jesus would be. And, and we talked about those. And we got to know some of those names. Well, today, I want to talk about some of the traits or experiences that Jesus had that make him able to relate to you and me. Sometimes we can think about Jesus. Oh, he was this great prophet, this great teacher. He was this God-in-the-flesh man. And we can think about him, and, and he can almost seem unrelatable until you read the scriptures and realize that he had the full human experience that you and I have. And he did it so that he could relate to us. In fact, in one place, it tells us that he became fully like us so that he could be a, a, a faithful minister to us, so that he could be a faithful high priest who could serve on our behalf. He had to become just like one of us so that he could have a, the same experience we have. And let's talk about some of those experiences. When I go through some of these thoughts, you'll find, yeah, I have that. And if Jesus has that, he can relate to me. For example, Jesus had the full human experience. He had the experience that John fifteen fifteen says, he says, I will call you my friends. I no longer call you slaves or servants because a master doesn't confide in his slaves. No, now you are my friends since I have told you everything the father told me. And what Jesus is saying there is that he wants to tell us everything that's on his heart. He wants to tell us about God, his father. He wants to tell us about God who could, wants to be our father and, and the adoption. And he wants to just share with us and and be our friends. And so let's write down or let's think about some of the things that he experienced. Uh, if you have a pen, by the way, I would recommend when you go through these messages to get the most out of them. Uh, you, could, you could grab a pen and, and take some notes, write down some of these things. And here's the first one. Jesus experienced love. Just like you and I will experience love, whether it's love of a mother or father or a child or, or love of someone who, who's a friend or, or love of someone who we end up becoming a spouse with, Jesus experienced love. In fact, throughout the book of John, we'll see it talks about Jesus' love for his friends, Jesus' love for the people who were around him, who were close to him. In John eleven five, it says Jesus loved. I mean, he, he loved just like we loved. And, and along with that, he also experienced loss. He experienced loss in the midst of love. He had a friend who died who he loved. He had people in his life who died who he loved. And in John eleven thirty three, it says that there was this moment when he had lost someone he loved, a friend of his. It says he was deeply troubled. He felt that troubling loss that we feel when we have someone we, 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 we lost who we loved. Just last week, I had someone come to in-person church who a few years ago lost someone that they loved deeply during this season. And she came up to me and she said, you know, I think it's sometimes harder for me because he doesn't have to experience the feeling of loss and this, this reliving and this struggle that I experience. And here we see that Jesus was having that experience. In John eleven thirty five, it says that it even brought him to tears and Jesus wept. 
We also know Jesus experienced temptation. He faced temptation just like we do. He faced temptation. In Matthew 4, 1, it simply says that Jesus was tempted. He he was tempted in in all the same ways that we're tempted, in all the same struggles we're tempted. And and you might say, well, you mean Jesus was tempted by things that tempt me? And and my answer to that would be, yeah, I, I think so. But he didn't give in to the temptation. His, his, his fleshly side, his human side, was drawn to the same things that we're drawn to, but he resisted it. And I would say that he was maybe even tempted more than you or, or me, because instead of giving in to the temptation, Jesus resisted it even to the point of death. You and me, when we're tempted, well, we give in eventually, and, and the temptation is released. It's gone. But Jesus resisted and resisted and resisted until it... it, it it welled up to his death. Jesus was tempted, and so we can relate to him. And Jesus faced rejection, just like you and I face rejection. Jesus faced rejection. He had people that didn't like him. He had people that that disagreed with him. He had people that wanted to work against him and stand against him. And he had people that uh, tried to tried to cut the feet out from under him. He even had people who loved him, who turned on him, people who said they were his followers and disciples and, and turned and walked away sad because his teaching was hard. I mean, Jesus experienced all kinds of rejection. And In First Peter 2, 4, the, the Apostle Peter tells us that Christ was rejected by people. People rejected him. And so he experienced that, just like you and I experienced that. And Jesus experienced and faced grief. He, he was grieved sometimes. His heart was heavy. He was frustrated and grieved. And, and, and his, he just felt the, the deepest grief that, that you and I could ever feel. In Isaiah 53, 3, Isaiah wrote, He was acquainted with the deepest grief. And along with that, Jesus experienced physical pain. He endured it. He endured physical pain. And Hebrews 12, 2, it says, Jesus endured the cross. He endured the cross. He endured that physical pain. And sometimes you and I, we feel physical pain. Uh, I've never felt physical pain of a cross. And by the way, I I don't ever want to. I hope not to. Because, uh, wow. But he was willing to endure that physical pain on our behalf and along with that Jesus also endured sin's effects you know we talked about Jesus being tempted but never giving in and one thing sometimes I think people feel like they they have a disconnect with Jesus because they'll say well Jesus never did give in he he never gave in to temptation, and so he doesn't know the pain that comes and the suffering that comes because of sin's effects. You know, sin affected me because I hurt somebody. Sin affected me, and that relationship was destroyed. He never will feel that pain. Sin affected me, and uh, I, I, I I got in a car wreck, and I was drunk, and sin affected me. I got a, and I, I could give all these hypothetical examples of ways that we might say sin hurt my family because of my addiction, or sin hurt my 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 life because of my anger and my pride, or sin. And you could start listing 
sins and, and the effects of sins in our life. And, and so often it's because of those effects that we say no more. We hit bottom and we give our life to God and we want to turn our life around. And we would say, but Jesus never had to experience that. But let me tell you, you're forgetting the cross. And Jesus experienced the fullness of our sin and the effects of our sin. Not only did he experience the, the, the fullness of it in this life, but he experienced it spiritually with the separation that it brings between us and God. We remember Jesus on the cross and he cried out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And he felt that separation from God that that our sin causes. And he felt that heartbreak and that that ruined relationship. Physically, he was experiencing the punishment for our sins. Physically, he was experiencing what it means to, to pay for sin. And he's being crucified and killed on a cross and beaten and And all these things are happening and he's experiencing the fullness of our sins effects. And spiritually, he's experiencing the punishment of God for sin. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21, it says, For God made Christ, who never sinned, to be the offering for our sin, so that we could be made right with God through Christ. In other words... Jesus did experience the effect of sin. He experienced it more than we will ever experience it if we say yes to his grace and forgiveness. If we receive him into our life, he says, I will trade you. So you never have to experience that. I will take it for you. Be your savior and your Lord, and I will bring forgiveness and my friendship into your life. So you never have to experience sin's full effect in your life and so he comes and and he saves us and that oh holy night was the night that the savior showed up the savior who would become our friend the savior who would live a full life from life to death having the full human experience so that he could make a trade so that he could trade his perfect life for our sinful life so that he could give us hope and peace in this world and it's like a sunrise in the morning it's a new experience a new life with Jesus and it's like a holy night that night he came it's a night that we could say was truly divine. And I think there's another awesome, there's another amazing part to what Jesus did. It's a part that this song will touch on. And it's this, that Jesus, he not only is the Savior of the world, he not only is our friend in a lonely world, but he is our guide in a world that's lost its way. And you know, sometimes the world, it it just reminds us that the world has lost its way. Sometimes it seems like the world has lost its mind. (laughs) 
I mean, you, you see some of the things going on in the world and you think, man, this is a crazy world we live in right now. There are a lot of crazy things happening, a, a lot of things around the globe, around the world that are happening that make you scratch your head and you say, why? Why are people so lost and, and why is this world so hurtful and, and why are there these things happening in this world? And, and the answer is because this is a world that has lost its way. When you're in a world where God has been pushed out of the picture, you have a world where people become their own gods. People start to make their own rules, live by their own laws. And what we find is people are really bad at making laws that, and making rules and living by morals and ethics that work for everybody when they take God out of the picture. We start living in a world that, that becomes a world of, of darkness, a world that's completely lost its way, a world where there are things like people who hurt children or sell them into slavery, a world where there are civil wars. I mean, I can't think of a better example of a world that has lost its way than a world where neighbors go to war with each other where countrymen go to war with one another. We've been so far removed from what a real civil war is like that, that, I, that I almost can't put myself into the shoes of someone who lives in a place like, a, like Somalia where there's a civil war or, or places in Africa or, or the Middle East where people are, there's so much unrest that, that neighbors are attacking and killing and brutalizing neighbors because maybe they're a different religion or race or, or they're just, they, they, they talk a different language. I can't imagine a world where, where civil war happens. A world where the person that was your grocery clerk all of a sudden is trying to shoot you. A world where someone who was once your doctor is now your enemy. A world where, where everyone's so divided that even family begins to hate and think of family as enemies and, and they begin to attack one another. I mean, I can't think of a world that's, that's, that's lost its way more than a world where there's things like civil war. I can't imagine treating my neighbors with that kind of hate and anger. And I hope I never have to. And I hope that never happens again in American history. But it did happen in American history once. It happened, and there were all kinds of multitude of reasons that it happened. And one of them was because of slavery. You know the story of the American Civil War. You know, the North was was fighting to free the slaves of the South. And there was a, a upset and a division over whether slavery was right or wrong. And, and there, was, there was this war that happened because of it, where brothers and sisters and friends were, were divided from one another and attacking one another. Well, there was this man named John Dwight who was an abolitionist during the Civil War. And John Dwight wanted to see uh, 
freedom come. John Dwight discovered this song. Somehow he had read this poem and heard this song that was played in France. And he translated it into English, put it in a publication that he put out, and an Oh Holy Night became a song that was sung during Christmas, during the Civil War. And it became a really popular song in the North as people were trying to, to or, and thinking about freeing slaves and abolishing slavery. And, and people who started believing that, well, they already believed and they were fighting for the belief that slavery was wrong, it, racism was wrong, that God created all men equal, and that, that God cares about all people and that we're all brothers. And interestingly, when John Dwight found this song, the thing that stood out to him was this. You might have noticed it in the third verse of O Holy Night. It says, truly, he taught us to love one another. His law is love and his gospel is peace. Chains shall he break. Now we're into the visuals of slavery. For the slave is our brother, and in his name all oppression shall cease. And it is, I find it interesting. I find it interesting that we preach a gospel and we preach a message of Jesus Christ who preached freedom from slavery, who preached that, that we're all brothers. If we come to Christ, we're all brothers in his family, that, who, who preached that God created all things. And, and yet we live in a culture that tries to paint the picture of Christians as the ones who believe in things like slavery and, and Christians as the ones who, who believe that it's okay to be divided from your brother if they're of a different race or creed or whatever. But here... Here we're reminded that this is a gospel where we're taught to love one another. We're taught to have peace and the gospel peace with God and with people. And and that we're taught that the slave is our brother. So because of that, this, this song became popular during the Civil War. And it's been sung in America ever since during the Christmas season. We sing it. And we look at it, and you know, I think that we live in a world right now, a world right now that maybe we're not in a world where there is a civil war, but we're definitely in a world that has lost its way. You look at uh, things that happen in Portland, you look at things that have happened around this country, you look at the the protests, and you look at the people who are uh, filled with racism, you look at the people who are filled with anger towards one another, and you look at the people who are willing to use their religion and, and even the Christian religion in order to uh, preach hate. But that's not the gospel message. The gospel message is one of love. The gospel message is one of peace. The gospel message is one of salvation and, and love for people and love for God. In fact, Jesus would teach his disciples in John 13, and he would say this, your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. You, you see people who claim the name of Christ, who claim to be disciples of Jesus, but they don't love people. They're not his disciples. They might bear the name, they might have the name of a church uh, uh, on their paperwork or on their building, but his disciples love, 
And that's how people will know if you love. Jesus taught in Matthew 22 that the second most important command of God is to love your neighbor as yourself. You know, if we take God's laws out, people are left to their own and they just love themselves. They don't love their neighbor as themselves. They they love their neighbor in a way that helps them love themselves. Uh, what happens is you take God out and people just get incredibly selfish, incredibly greedy, incredibly sinful, and, and incredibly hurtful. And, and it becomes a, a world where maybe you took God out, but we know that we live in a world where somebody has to be God. And so you kind of make yourself God and you make your own rules, your own laws, and you kind of do your own thing. But if we go by what God says, God says to us, no, love your neighbor as yourself. And sometimes I laugh and, and I want to ask people in the church and I want to ask myself, you know, Jesus said, love your neighbor as yourself. And, and we know that he meant all people, but what if we just actually started with our actual neighbors? What if you, as a believer in Christ, made a pie or some cookies for your neighbor and went over and checked on them, see how healthy they are, you know, see if they're doing okay? What if you cared and loved for your actual neighbor? What would change? See, Jesus, this, this old holy night, it brought in someone who would be our guide in a, in a world that's lost. Maybe you'll discover that your neighbor, who has a different political point of view, uh, is actually a pretty good dude or pretty nice gal. And you bring him over some cookies and you just say, hey, I just want to let you know that I care about you and I'm thinking about you. I was thinking maybe how, you're, how are you doing? What if you actually loved your neighbor as yourself? First Peter 1.16 It says, The scriptures say, You must be holy because I am holy. When we sing about that old holy night, we're singing about a night where the holy God put flesh on, came to be one of us to show us how to live. He came to be our Savior. He came to, 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 to be our, our friend, and he came to be our guide in a world that's lost its way. And, you know, even though, even though the abolitionists sang about how... Uh, he came to free slaves. The slavery he was talking about wasn't, it wasn't American slavery. Uh, the slavery he was talking about wasn't a physical or human slavery. It, it was a spiritual slavery. Those are the chains that he came to break. You know, Jesus teaches and the scriptures teach us that when we sin, we become a slave to sin and sin's effects in our life. That we become a slave to sin and death uh, becomes uh, our master. That, that we're now uh, destined to die and we're destined to pay our, for our sin. And, and we're, we're stuck in this cycle of sin in our life. And when Jesus comes on that old holy night, he comes to break that cycle, to break the chain of sin, and to give us an opportunity to experience a new morning. He comes to free those who are slaves. What an amazing song, O Holy Night. And what an amazing message in the song, but what amazing Jesus. 
What a night divine when that Jesus, our Lord, came to be our, our Savior, to be our friend, and to be our guide. And I just hope and pray that you will find him to be your Savior, friend, and guide. If you're here and, and you've never said to him, I want to I accept your salvation. I want to give you the opportunity to make a first-time decision today. If you've never said to him, I, I want you to be my Lord and, and my friend, I want you to invite him to do that. Ask him, how can, I, how can I know you as my friend, Jesus? And I want to invite you to know him as your guide in life. Because more than any other person in this world, he can show you the best way to live. Not only in this life, but to have eternal life forever with God. So let's pray together. And if, if you've never accepted him, I want to encourage you to pray with me and make a first-time decision. Let's pray. Lord God, we come before you right now, and we're so thankful that you came on that O holy night, that night divine, that glorious night. God, we come before you, and God, we know we have sin in our life. We know that this last week we've failed you. We've, we've had things that we've done that we're ashamed of. We've had things in our life that we need you to reach in and, and help us with. And so, God, we confess to you. And we confess to you that Jesus is Lord and Savior, and, and we want to receive him in our life. God, I pray for those who need to make a first-time decision, that you will help them to make a first-time decision. Will you come into our life? Will you come and forgive us? And, and, and will you come give us a, a new start and a, and a new life so that we can have that new morning and experience the newness you offer? And I pray, Heavenly Father, that you would help us to yield our life to you and see you as our guide. Help us to live life in a better way where we love those around us, where we love our neighbors, where we love the, the people who are hard to love, where we, where we love people with the heart that you have for people. A heart that was willing to send Jesus Christ into this world so that this world and the people of this world could be saved. It's in Jesus' name we all prayed and everybody said together, Amen. I want to say thank you and, and just I'm so glad that you joined us for that teaching today and I hope that's a teaching that will bless you and and like I said if this teaching was something that blessed you I want to encourage you to make sure that you share it with somebody so that you can help us bless the people in your life who matter to you and I want to move into a time now where we're going to celebrate together we're going to celebrate the lord's supper together this is something we do every sunday so no matter where you are if you're joining us you're welcome to stay with us and join us i have this little lord's supper worship kit with me it has uh, has uh, bread and, and grape juice in it and if you want to join us just grab some bread grab some juice and and we can celebrate the lord's supper together and what this is is this is a uh, this is a a a practice. This is a celebration. This is a memorial time for us as Christians that Jesus told us to do. 
you know, we we celebrate Christmas every year. It's a tradition that Christians uh, kind of uh, that 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 Christians go through that they experience that that we like to do. But we were never told to celebrate Christmas, but this we were told to do. We were told by Jesus every time we get together in his name that we ought to do this in remembrance of him. That way we remember that we're getting together in his name. You know, we aren't, <clears throat> we aren't a club. We aren't a group of, uh, of people who get to just, you know, we get together and, and we're doing like book club where we're just reading together and getting some nice lessons. No, this is a church. You are, you are Vernonia Church Online. You are friends and family and people who are coming together and we're, just, we're doing it in the name of Jesus. We're doing it because of what he's done for us. We're, we're doing it because uh, he has saved us. He died on a cross to forgive us for our sins. And so I want to encourage you, grab some bread, grab a cracker, grab your Lord's Supper kit if you have it, and let's celebrate the Lord's Supper together. So we'll take the bread and we'll break it and we'll give thanks to Jesus for the life that he gave us on the cross. And then let's eat the bread together. And then we'll take the juice. Uh, Jesus took wine and he gave it to his disciples. And uh, he said, take this and drink it. And every time you do this, you know, drink it and remember the new relationship that I offer you to have with God. A relationship of peace, a relationship of, of forgiveness and salvation. This blood or this, 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 this wine, and, and we're using grape juice, which is unfermented wine. This wine represents the blood that he shed on the cross in order to give us that new relationship. And so let's drink it together and remember his blood. I'd like to invite you to pray with me once again. Lord God, we come before you and we're thankful for Jesus who loves us, who, who cares for us, and who gave his all to draw us in with loving kindness. God, what a night when you came in person. You came in such a humble way to a young family struggling, to a barn, and to be wrapped up and laid in a manger, a feeding trough. What a humble beginning. And you lived this humble life, a life we can relate to. And then you gave that life on the cross to forgive us for our sins. And God, we are so thankful. Thankful for your love. And it's in Jesus' name we all prayed together and said, Amen. Like I said, I want to say thank you for joining us for this worship time. We're going to continue to worship by receiving an offering.
And uh, we, hopefully you're at home clapping. If you're just joining us and you've never been with us and you're still with us here, uh, one thing that we do as a church when we're in-person worship is we clap. And so for our online service, for our online worship time, you're all clapping at home too. It's just something we're continuing to do so that we can remember to give joyfully. And uh, Or you could put the little clapping emoji, right, in the, uh, in the comments because that's always fun too. And so uh, if you came and you were prepared to give today, uh, I want to invite you to join us in giving as we continue to give so that we can continue to share this message with people who we think really need it, especially in the community of Vernonia, especially in the way that we're sharing through this online church to people all around. Uh, your giving is making a difference and we're, 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 we're seeing God at work. I recently had a couple who contacted me and they said, you know, we've been joining you online all this time and and we've made first time decisions and we're we're following Christ, but we want to get baptized. Uh, And so this week, I'm excited. This week, we're going to get together and and we're going to baptize a couple who have been with us online and they've never been uh, before that. They'd never been in person at worship. And so what a cool thing. What a cool story. And and you're a part of that uh, by your giving. And so I want to say thank you for doing that. And you can give at any time uh, by going online to www.vernonia.com church and you can also give by texting text to give some of you are really enjoying doing that and you can do text to give at 503-376-6646 just text the word give to that number and you'll be able to set up giving and and to give to vernonia church one thing i do want to mention is we are still in our christmas offering from november all the way to january 31st we are always every year we do a Christmas offering where we encourage people to celebrate Christmas by giving Jesus a gift. And every year we choose to use that Christmas offering for something special, some big project, some big outreach. And this year, none of the money that goes towards our special Christmas offering stays at Vernonia Church. We're doing a special offering and it's called Boots on the Ground. And what we're doing is we are buying brand new boots and helmets for the volunteer fire department uh, in Vernonia. They're still using and fighting all these Oregon fires and, and, and still serving our community and our state in old rubber boots and old outdated helmets. And so we want to help them get up to date with their personal protective gear. And so we as a church are doing a Christmas offering called Boots on the Ground where we're raising money to buy new boots and helmets for our, our, our firefighters. And along with that, we're going to give a special gift out of that to International Disaster and Emergency Services, or IDES for short, they go in and they share the love of Jesus with, in a substantial way with people who are struggling with disasters. And one of the things they're going to do is they're going to be helping out with the Oregon fires and helping out with relief with Oregon fires. And so we're going to send a thousand dollars of our of our boots on the ground uh, to to them. And then we're also going to be sending a thousand dollars to 
church planting here in Oregon to help new churches start and new people hear the gospel and new people come to know Christ. And so uh, we're raising $7,200. 5000 of it's going to go towards buying boots and helmets for the fire department. And 2000 is going to go towards uh, missions in one way, shape, or form. And so I'm excited about that. I'm excited to have some of you online join us in that. And I'm excited to see what God's going to do as we as we help uh, bring our, our fire department uh, up to speed and also say, hey, Jesus loves our community and he loves our fire department and our firefighters. By the way, we also have a miracle goal of 12 or sorry, $9,000. If we can reach our $9,000 mark, we will be buying in addition to boots and helmets for the fire department. We're going to buy one uh, one turnout set, which is the pants and, and jackets that our firefighters wear. They still need three turnouts to to bring the whole fire department up to speed with personal protective gear. So if we can reach $9,000, we'll kind of consider that a, a miracle goal. Not only do we reach our main goal, but we reached a miracle goal, and, and we're going to buy a turnout set for the fire department. And I decided why stop there. So we're going to have a miracle, miracle goal. And I want to invite you to join us and see if we can't reach this goal. And that goal is, is $12,000. If, if we can reach $12,000, we're not only going to buy one turnout set, but we're going to buy three turnout sets for our fire department. And so you might not live in Vernonia, but you know what? You could still be a part of this and join us in this to be able to share the love of Christ with a community. And so even if you're not in Vernonia, I'd love to have you join us for our boots on the ground Christmas offering. Uh, one of the ways I've encouraged people to do it is to think of the most expensive Christmas gift you're going to buy someone you love. And then decide to match that with Jesus. And so if you're going to spend 100 bucks on someone, give $100 to the Christmas offering. If you're going to spend 500 or 1000 then give 500 or give 1000 And I'm excited about uh, what God's going to do with our Boots on the Ground Christmas offering this year. At this point, we've been going a couple weeks, and, and right now our Christmas offering is at about $2,500. And so we still have a ways to go to that $7,000 mark, and many of you are giving uh, every week a different amount every week and so uh, you can do that leading up to it or you can give it in one big amount or however you want to do it you can do it so I just want to say thanks for joining us in that and I'm excited about what's happening I know I talked forever about that but uh, that's all right let's pray that God will bless what we do as we receive an offering Heavenly Father, we thank you for the work of Vernonia Church. We thank you that you are using us to spread a message of your love and your grace throughout the world. I pray, God, that you will help us and bless us as we do this work. I pray, God, that you will, uh, that you will put it on the hearts of, of many to take part in our Christmas offering, that we'd be able to raise the money that we need to raise to be able to bless this community and bless the fire department uh, by saying, hey, Jesus cares about you, and, and we care about you, and we care about this community. God, I pray that you will use and take what we give to you for your glory. Pray that people will come to Christ because of it. We pray that we'll see people baptized because of it. And we just pray these things in Jesus' name. Everybody said together, amen. 
I want to finish up this morning by encouraging you to join me in declaring what kind of day it's been. And uh, whether you're listening to this on Sunday morning, whether you're listening to this later on, uh, you can still interact with us. You can still give. You can still do all the things that the people who are here live right now are, are doing. And so you can still interact. And so I would say you can still do this too. I don't care what time of day it is, what time of night it is. You might be listening at midnight, whatever it is, you can still declare it's been a great day. And so on the count of three, so one, two, three, it's been a great day. I hope you have a great day and Merry Christmas.